which have far greater heat trapping than carbon and are responsible for around 5% of global emissions. But composting, it stops all of this by managing the decomposition in a way that prevents both pollution and emissions. It has never been easier, more accessible, more affordable, more exciting for everyone everywhere to be a composter. Thank you, Monty Composting Probe. The probe is a game changer for composting. I have one and use it in my compost to make sure that in this new dry climate to the farm that I've moved here with my family is making sure that my waste removal from this farm and for the new veggie gardens that we're also putting in is more sustainable and occurring more efficiently. Please remember to use the, the Rural Mum at the checkout for 20% off. Now back to today's episode. And once you started doing your farm work, what was your first job? I was a station hand, just simply a station hand, didn't have any dogs, um, had the best mentor. He was absolutely phenomenal and I learned so many practices off, practices off him. He's fantastic stockman. Um, so just standard stock work, we'd uh, be in buggies or we'd be out on horses, mustering, coming in, and then doing all of the animal husbandry in the yards. Uh, I think my first full week was a shearing week, and I just drenched continuously forever, and it felt like forever. But yeah. <laughs> it was the best feeling at the end because it's hot, you're disgusting, you've worked really, really hard, and I don't know, we just had a lot of fun with it. I don't think I look at drenching the same now, but it was good then. <laughs> and so what were your key learnings from that job? One of the main things that my mentor used to always say is it takes the time it takes. And that doesn't mean you're slow. It doesn't mean that you're not putting in the effort. It means just recognising that sometimes things take time and it's looking after your stock. So bringing in that mob, you know, you want to be efficient and you want to look after them and you've got to get a job done. but you're going at the pace of that slowest animal if you need to, to make sure that they come in. And um, I think some of the lessons, I, I learned a lot of lessons from him with my dogs and it's, you know, slowing down, reading your stock, taking that time. So I guess it all comes down to, I guess, managing the job that you've got there. Just yeah. really slowing down. Doesn't mean you're slow, just, yeah, taking your time. Sometimes slow is fast. And, a, and you're with a new worker now, you're new with a new farm now and a new mentor. Property, I guess, that I was on during filming or when filming was occurring, um, that I was there for four and a half, five years. Um, and that was, I guess, my major turning role. And it, you know, it's a credit to the people that I worked with in the community around there. You've, I think... There's a lot of strength in being able to recognise where you're at. Everybody that's been in this job and that has done this their whole lives, you know, if you walk in trying to say, I can do X, Y, Z and blah, 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 every place is different. So it's recognising where you're at and knowing that the people around you can see where you're at and challenging yourself and um, having a go. And if you do that, they're there to nurture you. They're there to help you. And, again, some absolutely incredible people that I've worked with. So that property at Catalyst and the community just seems absolutely amazing and I'm so glad that you were able to get involved in each community that you have been in. It sounds like 
when I'm talking to a lot of different guests, one of their main things is find your community, find where you fit. And so can you tell me a little bit more about when you moved from Queensland to New South Wales to Cassilis and tell me how you found your community in each place? It took time and it's it's a really hard thing when you're first moving into that because you want to be involved, you want to be surrounded by people and especially when you don't have lots of people around you. I was really lucky to, as I said, move down not by myself Um, and yeah, found the people that I worked with and, you know, having those people around every day. But it's not to say there's been jobs that I've been in and there's been times where I've essentially worked by myself and come home by myself. And to find my community, I joined different things, um, became part of committees. Um, to be honest, there was a really long time there where I really didn't get off farm because I was working full time and then I'm studying full time. So I'd come home, do three or four hours of study and... I think, you know, I'd, I'd go into town and people were like, oh, hey, haven't seen you in months. How are you going? And it's just persistence. It's, yeah, it's time. It's amazing. The people out there are absolutely incredible. And, and if you are committed, if you this is something you want to pursue, there's, there's those people out there and they want to help you and um, you've just got to find them and you've got to use your contacts. But yes. it's not as simple as that either. Trying to find a job can be really difficult. So again just leaning on the people that put their hand out there for you and I say to my younger sister a lot that when you ask a question you're putting that into somebody else's hands so I used to always say I'm so sorry for asking that question I'm so sorry for being a burden but really when you ask that question you're allowing that person to say yes or no and it does it's not about you necessarily it could be what they've got on their plate if they can't do something so you know, I say to her all the time, ask the question and somebody will tell you if they can do it or not. And I need to listen to that a bit more. But, you know, coming into the industry, that's one major thing I think that would really help or that I would tell younger Paige to just ask the question and, you know, see if people need a hand. Any of that extra experience or putting yourself out there, it's really respected and it, you learn so much from it. Yeah, absolutely. Asking questions is a incredibly important thing to do in any industry, but particularly agriculture, because it also gives permission for that person to share, you know, their knowledge or perspective on something, because you never know what's going to um, fit together like a puzzle piece, particularly when someone gives like one piece of information, then you're like, oh, that all makes so much sense now. <laughs> absolutely. And I think, Everybody has a different perspective. Every property is different. The stock is different, the way people do things. And especially as women, there's sometimes things we can't do. And talking to the community and finding those different ways of doing things. It's not that we, sorry, not that we can't do it. It's that we find different ways to do it. Yeah. So, and it's, that comes, any gender really is just managing your strengths and your weaknesses and finding your way to do whatever that activity or job is, making it happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so where are you now, Paige? I'm going out contracting for a little bit. Oh, cool. um, yeah, yeah, we'll see how we go. So it's, this is one of the first times I haven't had a major plan. I always sort of have an idea yeah. and I'm yeah, sort of seeing where it takes me and I think it's an amazing time because um, 
like I'm not tied down, I don't have children, I'm just my dogs and off we go. But it's absolutely terrifying because I've built a home in Cassilis and I've been there for the last seven or eight years. So to make that call is terrifying. So what type of contracting? Um, I will just be back on farm, just whatever yeah. whatever I'm doing. So probably a lot of livestock handling, um, be in the yards, mustering. I'm going to be back on a two-wheel bike. So Paige, tell me about the skills that you've learnt over the last few years. What has been most important and transferable between one property and another? I definitely say that my communication skills have improved uh, <laughs> from the start. And that's one of the biggest things is transparency. It's talking about what's going on and um, making sure you're observing what's happening, communicating that back, dealing with other people and personalities. And then you've got the personalities of all of your dogs and the horses yeah. and just different livestock. Um, so that would be one. I think also recognising strengths or having the ability to recognise strengths. I'm not at the end of the day finding something that you did really well. That's a skill that I think helps so much in this industry, especially when we come into hard times because there's so much time where you're feeding or whether there's, you know, you see things that you never thought you necessarily would. Being able to recognise those strengths and um, resilience in everybody and I know that's not a physical strength but I think that some of the best things that I've learned have been more the mental capacity and the psychological ability to deal with things out here. Yeah yeah if someone's moved to the farm for the first time and they're learning that animal husbandry learning animal like to identify their different animals personalities particularly in in work dogs or in their horses um do you have any tips on that be patient with yourself and them and and reach out i think that's yeah talk to people find out what they know be patient with yourself as you're learning and yeah there will be times where you make the wrong call and that's okay. It's not necessarily a failure. It's a lesson. Yeah. And having that patience. It's hard. It's really hard. You mentioned when you first moved on farm that you didn't have any dogs and now you have multiple. So how has the way you've worked livestock changed between when you didn't have dogs and when you now have dogs? it's changed dramatically yeah it would have uh, I've learned a lot of how I read stock from watching the dogs so I've been very very lucky that those around me have had good dogs so when I came into the industry they said to me watch the dogs watch their positioning and watch where they go very lucky that they had good dogs because I might have been very confused it's not just about your dogs it's about the stock that you're working as well recognizing that the different mobs the different ages um different type and breed and what they've been exposed to as well like there are some cattle mobs that I will not bring my dogs out on because yeah. one that's probably not going to have the strength but two if they haven't seen a dog before it's not worth your time that's but a great tip I've learned to trust my dogs and I've learned to watch what they're doing but in saying that you know I don't have the, the best dogs and most of the time when they are the best dog nobody else is around for me to prove it that they did the thing really well but also my dogs all have a different job they um all have their strengths 
so at different times they'll be out doing different jobs as well. How's your stress levels from um, not working with dogs to working with dogs? <laughs> that depends on the day, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have a fair few? No. <laughs> no, I have, um, I have a, I can't believe he's not a farm dog. Um, <laughs> he's a Kelpie cross and he has no interest whatsoever in stock. Um, he just wants to know what the kids and I are doing. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. My husband's had some really beautiful work dogs. Yeah. Yeah. We usually only do one or two at a time just because okay. we're not doing a lot of sheep work. We're doing a lot of, um, cattle and we're either working on the stud, um, here at Dubbo or we're working on Western cattle and commercial and trade steers out at Ningen and each mob is hit or miss with dogs. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah, even we do a lot of our work on motorbike and even that, like every mob is different. Some mobs will get in and like I'm nowhere near them. I can get maybe within, you know, 10 metres to some of those mobs and that's enough pressure and then yeah. other mobs I'm sitting like right up on their tail yeah. and I'm having to yell and, and clap and yeah. <laughs> like I see I just find I think this I don't know if beauty is the right word but there's so much joy in that and being able to have those different days or figure out where you need to sit and who needs to be where it makes sure that every day isn't the same and it's you know sort of a bit of fun not yeah. generally when something starts running off in the other direction during the time it's not fun but it's great stories afterwards yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> so Paige what do you think's been the biggest hurdle moving on farm I don't think there's been one hurdle that's been particularly the biggest thing to jump over I think for myself, there was a lot of learning as I grew. So I came onto farm in my early to mid 20s and I'm now in my late 20s. So I think a lot of that growth has also come with just aging yeah. <laughs> and life experience. Um, learning to be, I guess, independent and trust my judgment in an area where I'm not, like, I didn't grow up learning this. So learning to trust what I've learned and my instincts and learning to trust that I'm my intentions are always at best so for me I think it's better to try and yeah. be in the wrong sport fail get yelled at no worries whatever stays in the yards and keep it in the yards but you know rather than or necessarily always stand back because if you're not doing it you're not learning but I think my biggest learning is trusting myself yeah. but whether that's come with ag or whether that's come with my growth, I think it's intertwined. If you had a friend that was moving to the farm for the first time, what would be your top tips, tricks and hacks to depart to them? Um, my top tip would be always have a water bottle. That's yeah. definitely one. Um, I'm also the queen of having some sort of snack in my pocket. Yeah. So I would recommend that highly. That's just me as a person. Ask questions. Absolutely yeah. ask questions. Don't be afraid to try and something not work. Find find people. Just I guess that comes back to asking questions. Just 
put yourself out there and try different things because you don't know if you haven't done it. Yeah. And connect with your people. So if, if you're, if someone's moved from the city to the farm and you've got people that you're really close to or you don't find people that you can talk to because I found that to be what's helped me the most, whether it's family, friends, if it's a professional, make sure that you're not isolating yourself. And I think you thrive from that when you're around other people. But we're all different. Some people need more space than others. So yeah, ask yeah. yourself. Yeah. Find what works for you. And we did touch on this a little bit throughout our interview, but we spoke a little bit about personal care, like looking after yourself. What are some of your biggest tips for looking after yourself on farm, both physically and mentally and everything intertwined? Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, for me, I like to have some time in the morning where I've got the dogs out there all having their run, whether it's having a coffee, water, breakfast, just sitting outside and enjoying where we live. I think especially in the harder times, it's hard to find the beauty in it because you're in a feed wagon for 10 hours a day. There's nothing on the ground. And there's a weird beauty in that still as much as it's rough and it's hard. But watching the sunrises, taking that the small time to enjoy what's around us. Another would be talking. Yeah, talking to my people and um, just sharing what I'm going through. And it's not to put a burden on anyone else. I've got friends where we'll ring up and I'll say everything that's happening with me and I'm like, cool, yep, your turn. And they'll vent about it. Neither of us take on board the other person's struggles, but it's being able to have that sounding board, continue to do work on reflecting and processing things that happen. And I think taking the time to have a sip of water or take a breath when it's a hard day there are days when it's absolutely exhausting and when the sun's out you're tired your dogs are tired the stock are tired everyone's it's rough so just you know if you take an extra two minutes to have a breath under a tree reset yourself that two minutes is not going to add much to the end of your day in fact it might help so (laughs) taking that time to have a breather absolutely yeah yeah And going from working sort of solo into working with groups on farm, how we've mentioned, you know, communication. Is there other tips and tricks to working with groups of people you've just been introduced on farm? Yeah, I think it's tricky. It depends on your role and what you're coming into on farm. But I suppose it's the same with your stock and your dogs is watching watch and learn if those people have been there for a while they're going to know um the way that the stock moves they might even understand each of the paddocks you know stock moves different in every paddock um and learn from them listen talk to them but there's so much to be said for i guess stepping back even when you've been somewhere a long time and just watching how people are doing things and the reason behind it and then having a chat about it i think you know i'm I can put my hand up and say I can definitely be somebody that goes in and doesn't um, just wants to get a job done sometimes and not in rushing other people, but you sometimes forget to just sit back and let them do it as well. You learn so much from watching and 
and having those conversations where you all brainstorm, what did we do today? What could we have done better? Um, you know, if you're new there and you're going into a paddock with someone, how does this paddock normally work? I used to annoy one of my friends. We'd go to muster these paddocks and every time we'd get to the paddock, I'd be like, what's the plan? How are we trying to do this? And she'd be like, well, we don't even know where they are yet. Like just we're going to go in and we're going to find the stock and then we're going to get them out. And I'd be like, yeah, but how? Like which way do you want to run? And so it got to the point we'd get there and we'd have these conversations and we'd go, okay, in summary, ideal situation, it's going to work like this. We know it's not going to, but that's, that's the start. And, yeah, you'd find out. It'd go some way or another. And definitely the key, like one of the key takeaways from that is they do move differently in each paddock and they're not going to move predictably. And I, I suppose it's different too. Like I'm um, more on the stock handling side of things and that's where I've found my passion. But, you know, you could come into ag and absolutely love the business side of things. So it may be more of a business setting. You might get into cropping and, you know, it's learning how to communicate over the two-way um it it could be any different number of area I think there's so much in our ag industry that's not recognized because there's so many different jobs so again it just keeps coming back to for me and this is personal everyone's different just talking to people just learning from everybody and yeah watching watching the stock or watching the area watching you the way that machinery works or the way that people look after their different equipment um it all dependent on what area of ag you go into and I think sometimes that's not recognized enough the different qualifications and the different areas everyone's in. Yeah absolutely. Probably brings me to the end of my official questions page. Is there anything else that you wanted to depart to the rural mum community about moving to the farm for the first time? Trust yourself if you want to move to the farm or a rural area do it. Reach out to people and just enjoy how beautiful it is out here (laughs) and it is and every place is so unique and every place has beauty even in the droughts or the wet seasons or when it's hot and the day isn't going well like every place has something beautiful so I think that's a really nice note to wrap up on Paige so thank you so much for joining us here on the farm and talking about moving to the farm for the first time thank you no thank you for having me Katra it's been amazing thank you for listening to today's episode of the rural mum if you're enjoying our episodes our chats our tips tricks and hacks of moving to the farm for the first time whether you're married a farmer, whether you're moving back to the family place, or whether you are becoming the first generation of a farmer, this community is for you. Please like, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and feel free to leave a review or share with some friends. Mm-hmm.